Welcome back, family, to another episode. And as the offseason keeps rolling along, you know we got to keep cranking out these offseason plans. And if you clicked on this episode, you already know what it is, man. We got a legend in the building. I'm talking about Chris Miles, host of NBA TV. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a legend in the game, man. He's paid his paid his, uh, paid his due diligence, man. And now he's here to talk with us about the New York Knicks. My guy, Chris, how you doing? Great, man. I love your setup. Uh, I see Kobe. I see LeBron. I see the book. It's crazy because uh, I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, I'm about to get this Kobe Dodgers jersey. I saw somebody post it, you know, with the eight on it. And I was like, oh, and I see you got the right vibes, man. Man, yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Gotta pay respect to gotta pay respect to all the greats, man. So um that's exactly why we got him up on got him up on here, man. And uh for the family out there, um, uh, make sure you check out all of Chris's uh social media platforms, social media outlets. I'm gonna link everything in the description down below. So make sure to go throw my guy um a subscribe, throw him a follow, and you can like I said, you can always check him out on NBA TV. But let's go ahead and get straight into it, man. This episode is about the New York Knicks. I asked you, I said, what team you want to do? And you told me the Knicks, man. So as uh, your wish is my command. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I mean, the Knicks finished this last season 47 and 35, finishes the fifth seed, uh, beat the Cavs in that first round, and then lost to the Heat in that second round. So my question to you, Chris, is as a Knicks fan, are you happy? Are you content with the way the year went? Uh, absolutely. I think it's the best year in a decade. And when I look at it, what I liked most is a lot of teams, you know, they get a bit hasty, whether you get to the trade deadline or you get to the off season and they give away too many assets trying to make it happen right now. And what I liked is, um, from what I understand from very close parties to the deal, right? Like Donovan Mitchell, was he, he thought he was coming to the Knicks. The Knicks were about to pull the trigger, and they're like, ah, we don't want to give up that much to get him. We already got Jalen Brunson. We're good here. And at the time, I was like, what? What's going on? But now that I see it, um, there's a balance to that that thought process, right? And for the, for the Knicks to bounce the Cavs, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I don't want to throw shade at him. But for the Knicks to – kind of to dominate the Cavs and to move on because they made the right personnel decisions. I'm like, hold on. I trust this group a lot more than I have uh, since Mike Woodson was the head coach. Man, absolutely. And I mean, you, you, you gotta be happy when you, when, when you look at, uh, look at the season, right? I mean, last season, uh, pr prior to this, this last season, they finished as the 11th seed. So your first year that you bring, Jalen Brunson on the team, you get 10 more wins, you take the huge jump, you make it out the first round really since, like how you said, 2013, 2014 with Melo. So it, it, it has to be, it has to be happiness. You have, as a Knicks fan, you got to be happy with taking that next step. Yeah. And when I look at um, what they're after right now, whether it's, you know, Joel Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns or someone else, I'm like, oh, what would be the perfect compliment player? Uh, to Jalen Brunson. That's how I see it now. And seeing how Jalen Brunson is doing, you know, an international play. I think he started, what was it, like nine for nine from the field? Maybe it was just six for six. I'm like, this guy is an incredible basketball player. And to me, kind of a throwback to point guards that weren't hyper athletic. And it's crazy how, you know, things change because it was like, oh, we, we need Russell Westbrooks and John Walls and six, four guards that can get up and down the floor and dunk on you. And Jalen Brunson is like, I think he's 6'2". I think he's bigger than most people think. 
uh, but plays on the floor and, and makes great decisions. I'm like, okay, he needs some guys that complement him well. And I, I could see him being the building block for this team going forward. Absolutely, man. I mean, the 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 Knicks, like how you're talking about, they went all in on Jalen Brunson. So Jalen Brunson is 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 definitely their guy. Uh, but I mean, let's talk about one of the one of the biggest, you know, question marks and one of the biggest questions over there in New York. And that's what do you do with Julius Randle? He had another disappointing playoff performance, uh, 16 point, 16 points per game, eight rebounds. But what I thought was atrocious was a 3.5 turnovers per game and the terrible efficiency had the lowest in the playoffs this this last season with 37% from the field. So what to you is the answer? What do you do with Julius Randle? Well, there's two trains of thought there, right? And I have to give Julius Randle credit for the way that he worked in, on his body coming into the league, how he got in great shape, how he's been able to become an all-star and a guy that produces every single night during a regular season. And I think we also are in a society where like guys struggle in the playoffs. And I'm like, hey, all players for every franchise in the history of basketball has struggled in the playoffs because that's when it becomes real and teams are strategizing against you. I just look at the Cavs and Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. They couldn't get going against the Knicks, right? Now, having said that, I don't think Julius Randle, his game complements Jalen Brunson the way that it needs to. And I think, to your point, that for the Knicks to become a championship-caliber team – he's probably that position is probably where they have to kind of have some give and take, right? Like you saw Obi Toppin go in the off season, uh, which kind of makes me think that Randall's going to stay. But when you see that you go, okay, the Knicks, that's where the improvement has to happen. Like with the Kings, when they got Sabonis, right? It's like, that's the space where I got Brunson now in the front court. What are you doing to improve this team? Okay. Okay. And see, see, so the way I, the way I look at that that Julius Randle situation is tricky. I think the Knicks are in they're in a tough situation because, yes, you know Julius Randle has been you know drop has been realistically dropping the playoff performance. Hasn't been what he's doing in the regular season, but regular season he's a monster. Twenty five points per game, ten rebounds, plays seventy plus games almost yeah. every year. He was he was an all star this last season. So if you're the Knicks, because of this position you're in because you just brought Jalen Brunson in and you're trying to win right now, you can't just downgrade and trade Julius Randle for somebody that you're going to get, you're going to get worse from. But because like I mentioned, they have Jalen Brunson there, they need to go all in. So there's no going back. So I do think that the Knicks are in a bit of a, of a tricky situation to figure out what do you do with Julius Randle? Yeah, and it, it, I think the way you just said it and the way we're kind of talking about it is it's not just clear-cut. Um, I don't know how desired Julius Randle is by other teams. I know his salary is very nice, right, in the sense of, like, you can kind of fit him in different situations. But I think if you move Julius Randle, the guy coming back needs to be a superstar, right? So if you say, okay – Julius Randle, part of a Joel and B package with like six draft picks and somebody else that they're interested in. I'm like, I'm good with that. If you said uh, Julius Randle for, I don't know, someone who's like good, but you're, you think, is that really an improvement? I don't know. Right. And that's kind of the thing. I don't want to just give Julius Randle away. I do want to see him uh, understand that he doesn't have to do this takeover mode anymore. 
right? Like before Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle would kind of go into, oh, I got to do this because nobody else has this. Well, sir, you now have a point guard that's keeping it going and flowing. So <laughs> like pay attention to him. It's it's crazy because when I look around the league and I think about players that might be available and could, you know, might have more potential, like Zach Levine is a guy that I'm like, you know, I wonder how he would look with Jalen Brunson and what the Knicks would have to move to get him and like how that would rejuvenate his career. Cause he's been not on a decline, but it's, it almost seems like he peaked three years ago and he was playing great and he's kind of regressed a bit. So there, there are players like Zach Levine and I'm like, we could keep Randall, move some other pieces and get him and take it to the next level. Right? Like they're just different ways to view it. That's not all, Hey, sell this guy who's been, who produced for us when we, when we were bad. <laughs> Right. Like that's kind of how I look at it. Um, not necessarily just selling everybody uh, just to do it. I like that. I like I, I like that a lot because, I mean, that's that that's really where I feel like media and people are. They're like, OK, well, as soon as you're not giving me any any production, just go. I'm, I'm going to sell you. I'm going to trade you or, or take you away. But maybe in this situation for before the Knicks, because. Uh, you can't get a superstar. I mean, if you could get a superstar, like how you said, you absolutely go for it. But if you can't get that superstar, maybe the best the best idea is to do exactly what you said. Move Randall into a, di- a bit of a different position. Like, yo, we don't need you to really be this guy that you were before we had Jalen Brunson on this team. Moving him in a different position really may be the best move for the Knicks here because again, man, like I I really just don't know how many other teams around the league are willing to give up some, something of value. Right. So for example, if we talk about that, that uh, Joel Embiid scenario that we just threw out there as an example, the Philadelphia 76ers, unless they're going into rebuild mode and the Knicks are just going to throw them a gang of first round picks. I don't see why they would give away uh, Joel Embiid for Julius Randle, someone who's known as a playoff dropper as of late in this career. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so the thing with Joel Embiid is just the reports that uh, he's unhappy. If James Harden is moved, he wants out. And the Knicks are, you know, if you look at teams that are close to being championship caliber, right, and who could be in that spot where they could go get him, uh, the Knicks are one of the teams that are rumored to be in that spot for Joel Embiid. Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've been seeing what's going on around the league with this whole James Harden and Joel Embiid situation. That's been that's been crazy. And that's been crazy. So then let me ask you, like if Joel, let's say that 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 scenario goes down, like in a perfect world, we the Knicks do end up landing Joel Embiid. Is that enough to be able to push him past that hump to be able to get him in that championship contention? What I think is that for Joel Embiid to play with a point guard like Jalen Brunson, Look, James Harden is one of the uh, most overlooked great passers in NBA history, point blank period. I mean, I feel like he's top 15 all-time assists already, right? And we look at him as his prolific scorer. And, but Jalen Brunson would put Embiid in positions throughout the entire game of, like, all right, you're our guy. Let's make sure you're catching it in the right spot. Let's run the offense in, in this way that I just think <laughs> Embiid is the reigning MVP. I think his efficiency would take a jump playing with Jalen Brunson. Now, having said that, uh, Joel Embiid is also, what, a three-time all-defensive team member. So, obviously, the Knicks would have to move Mitchell Robinson in that same scenario. And you would imagine that the 76ers would want all of the draft capital 
So I think the Knicks have the right pieces to do that, right? So if you're talking to the 76ers, you're like, okay, you want – we'll give you Randall, Mitchell Robinson, a bunch of draft picks, and whatever other player in our backcourt you might want. Um, and I think that the, the Knicks would have to do that. I mean, he would be the best player for sure um, – maybe that they they brought in, right? Because as much as Patrick Ewing, uh, one of the, the top 50 players all time, right, did not win an MVP. Now, I'm not saying Joel Embiid is – but but what I'm saying is Joel Embiid is now an MVP. So that value, uh, 28 years old in his prime, is just like one of those things where if you can get him, that's what you, you sell for, right? You Hey, what do you guys want outside of Jalen Brunson? Um, and having said that, I'm a huge Mitchell Robinson guy. Like I, I love money making Mitch. I think I get really kind of upset when people go, oh, he can't catch. He doesn't do. I'm like, look, this dude uh, catches lobs, rebounds, plays defensive, plays defense at an elite level. Like he's what you need if you have scorers and offense on the rest of the team. Um, so it's just like that would be hard to part ways with. But if you get Joel Embiid, I'm all about that. Yeah, yeah, man. You know that the. the- People saying around the league, right? Like when you have a chance to get one of those generational talents, one of those players that don't come often, every don't come, you know, very often. You got to you you got to go for it because I'm I'm right there with you. I definitely like you know Mitch Rob, but for a player like Joel, if if that's on the table, you might have to go for it. Well, and if you look at all the other pieces we've gotten recently, right? Like Brunson, DiVincenzo, Hart, the Villanova connection, and you go, hold on. Those kind of players fit with Joel Embiid. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, all right, Randall doesn't. All right, Mitchell Robinson doesn't. They moved Obi Toppin. You'd have to kind of figure out the power forward position, but you can in today's NBA. It's not like in the past. Man, I, I just think that there's so many ways to make that work. And when I say that and I'm talking to you now, I'm like, I would believe that championship aspirations is what that team would be chasing. Yeah, absolutely, man. When, once you get, I'm thinking, well, I think once you put Jalen Brunson on that team, I think that was them really showing, like, all right, you know, we're really trying to take this next step to, you know, as a team and, and, and hit that next level. So, but Joel Embiid on there, I'm right there in agreement with you that they would 100% be at that championship contention level. But let's get into a little bit more of, like, the offseason and some moves that they've, like, already officially did and just get your thoughts on it. I feel like going into this offseason, one of the clear – first priority for the Knicks was re-signing Josh Hart, which they did on a three-year 37 mil. Uh, so I just want to get your thoughts on that. How do you feel about Josh Hart? I know he had a big role for you guys this last season in the playoffs. Well, even when I see your Laker jerseys behind you, right? I was like, man, that's the perfect compliment to LeBron James. Ooh, that's the one that's going to hurt the Lakers. It's kind of like my train of thought uh, when they moved him. And it's crazy because I look at that contract and I'm like, that seems like nothing for what he brings to the table. But in the way that Josh Hart's value is now, I'm like, you only make that deal. You only pay him if you think we can win a championship. Um, so I look at him, I look at DiVincenzo, I look at Brunson, and I go, those guys, no offense to any of them, they need a superstar to be a champion. Those guys, are, I don't feel like the current team can win a championship and the players that they brought in kind of feels like, all right, but R.J. Barrett is there. So 
like there's not enough minutes for all of these players. And uh, my guy, you know, grimy Quentin Grimes. Like there's just so many, there's too many Emmanuel quickly who I love. Like there are too many players in these same positions. This can't, this can't be it moving forward. Like there has to be another move to balance out the roster. Yeah, man, and 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 maybe and maybe you know maybe that's that that's exactly what the the New York Knicks uh, management is doing. They're you know they're playing they're, they're playing chess move and they're getting all these pieces uh, so they could have you know building pieces that that can you could put a superstar around because like how you said, I mean Josh Hart is an amazing like role player in this league. He's a key he's a key glue guy. I think Dante DiVincenzo is going to come in and do similar exactly to what you know to what jo- jo- Josh Hart just did. But like how you said, it's not enough. But I think that now they're, you know, with the insane draft capital they have, they have 11 uh, first round draft picks from between now and 2030. And these and the players that they have, they could they could shake some up and make a real offer to maybe like how you said, a disgruntled Joel Embiid. And then the 76ers are say, man, you know what? Like, let's just get something out of it. Let's just get something instead of getting nothing out of this. Yeah. And, and I know the rumors of like Damian Lillard. I'm like, once we got Jalen Brunson. The Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell thing. I am just one. I'm just one of those guys. I'm like, no, no I, you know, like that doesn't seem to be the right fit uh, because you're talking about guys who have the ball in their hands, going to take it away from Jalen Brunson in a lot of situations. I'm like, no, you got to have another ball handler. But those guys, I think, are too dominant um, in that way. And I, I think there's a different piece in a lot of other areas that the Knicks need to improve. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Jalen Brunson's definitely got to uh, be r- running the offense. He doesn't necessarily have to be the primary scorer, but definitely has to run the offense and be able to set up um, the – if you can pull in, you know, Joel Embiid's or even set up the the Dante DiVincenzo's, the Josh Hart's of the team, the R.J. Barrett's of the team, players who struggle to be able to create a shot on their own, that's what you need a player like Jalen Brunson for, to, to set him up, get in some easy buckets. Um, but what I want to ask you is, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I'm not a Knicks fan, but <laughs> I was like mind boggled at the fact that the Knicks let go Obi Toppin for two first, two second round picks. Like that was their eighth pick three years ago. Like, am I just not on board? Like, am I just not watching enough Knicks games? Like, what's the issue? Because I feel like that is just like in a, bl- bl- a blasphemous. <laughs> you sound like a Knicks fan, <laughs> right? Like- <laughs> Literally, you sound like this is a Knicks podcast. Like, Obi Toppin is our favorite player of all time. How can they let him go? Um, what happens with teams in their third, with players in their third, fourth year, that you got to figure out if you're going to pay them or not. And I think the Knicks tap danced around Obi Toppin so much. And the style of play, we saw it in glimpses last season of like, Obi Toppin makes the Knicks better in transition. He just does. But what he hasn't developed is in the half-court set, ball goes in his hands. Like, what now? Um, That's kind of where, well, under a different head coach, there's tremendous value there. But with Tom Thibodeau, it doesn't work. So I love Obi Toppin. Tom Thibodeau is the head coach. That's the reality. They don't mesh, period. Um, And however you feel about Tom Thibodeau, right, like, they, it just doesn't work, and I think Obi Toppin is going to be a very good pro, and I'm kind of upset that he went to the Pacers. But that was about, like, okay, time to pay him. Or what are we, is he going to have a bigger role? No, he's not. You know, like, okay, 
Now we have to figure out uh, what we're doing moving forward. What's crazy is in all this Joel Embiid talk, it's like if the Knicks do trade for Joel Embiid, it's like Obi Toppin looks like the perfect four in that situation. But um, that, again, is a is a pipe dream. It's a hope, not what the Knicks are currently uh, dealing with in reality. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I agree with you on that. And I mean, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm 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 personally high on Obi Toppin. I like how you said. I didn't think that Tom Thibodeau really used him in the right way. Think that he's gonna he's really gonna get used to the right way in Indiana. Uh, Obi Toppin, like, well, he he likes to play fast. Likes to go in transition. That's exactly what Indiana does. He needs to be a pick and roll big. He needs to be catching some lobs at the hoop. Uh, and I just don't think that like he was just able to ever get those consistent minutes in 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 New York under Tom Thibodeau. But that kind of leads me to you know my, my my next point of like how do you feel about the Tom Thibodeau? Because I you know I hear two sides of the spectrum, man. I mean, you either love the guy or you hate the guy. And I want to know from a Knicks fan, how do you feel about Tom? Also, I got to point out Obi Toppin's a pretty good three point shooter, and with Tyrese Halliburton out there, I'm like, oh man, this might be a case where this dude blows up playing for the Pacers, you know, with one of the uh, new up-and-coming top-tier passers in the league. But with Tom Thibodeau, it's like this. Okay, we've achieved success with him. Uh, Do I like his style? As far as, like, how the team looks? No. (laughs) I do not like uh, Tom Thibodeau. I didn't like the, the way the Bulls teams played and that sort of thing. But Tom Thibodeau has this authority feel to him as a head coach you know he doesn't come across as like the players coach um but man you know he's all in and really it's like I think that's the difference in my current job now right like I look at these people as like the reality of who they are as humans as well as who they are as coaches and I'm like all right this is who he is this is what works for him and he's the head coach of my favorite team we're gonna be all in for now Right. Like that's what it is. We're achieving more success. I just I want to see him with a superstar to see like, okay, can he get that superstar over the top? Like, can he do it? I don't know. He hasn't done it. Right. Like, but he also used to square off against LeBron James with his biggest superstar, Derrick Rose. So uh, and, you know, a young Jimmy Butler. So I I just I really want to see the Knicks get the guy that makes me think we have a chance at a championship before I'm like, I'm all in on Tom Thibodeau or all out. I'm neither way right now. I got you. I got you. So you, you just want to have a fair assessment on him. You know, you don't want to assess him if he doesn't have a full roster. Is that what you're saying? Well, here's the thing. I think the guys that are on the team, if I go down a list, are they playing up to their full potential? Yes. Every single player on the team that's on the floor plays up to their full potential. That's how I judge a coach. Um, And the guys that he's like, oh, okay, this is not – like Obi Toppin. I think Obi Toppin has more potential. He's not playing for him. Let's see what happens with him. But as far as the guys that are on the roster, all of them are playing to their full potential, if not exceeding expectations. Okay. I got you. I got you. That's fair. That's that's definitely a fair assessment on on Tom Thibodeau. But all right, so, you know, you you, you talked about – getting you know getting that superstar player right or maybe even earlier we were talking about getting a Joel Embiid um who to you is the the number one piece like like let's say that the Knicks front office came to you and they were like Chris man I we need we need help like 
who is the piece that we're going to move? Is it going to be the RJ Barrett? Is it going to be the Julius Randles? Is it, is it going to, are you going to try to go with a slate of first round picks? Like who to you is the guy that needs to be moved here for the team to take the next step? Well, it depends on who's available, right? Like you're saying. Um, and we've heard Carl Anthony Towns because of the connections with Worldwide West and the front office, this, that, and third. Uh, Joel Embiid, we've recently heard because of um, the reports that he's disgruntled. I, I, so it just it's contingent on who you think that who's going to be available and who you know the Knicks could get. Let's go crazy and a guy that hasn't been rumored in anything because Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid have them. That's what I like about this team is that like let's say it was Anthony Edwards. Mm. I think we have the assets that if a rising superstar slash could be one of the top 10, five best players in the league in two or three years from now, Anthony Edwards was available because he's like, I want to go play in New York. I'm like, okay, give them the draft picks and send RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, two guys I like for him. We got this, you know, like there are just so many players who to me have proven their value that it's like, yeah, we can, our players have value. That's kind of the key point. When he asked me about Tibbs, I'm like, I don't think there are guys on our roster that you go, he doesn't have any value anymore. Like that's what kind of happened with Obi Toppin. He hadn't proved himself. Pacers are like, hey, we could use a rim running, athletic, young power forward that we can make a decision on. Um, but we'll give you a couple of second rounders. I think the rest of the guys on this roster have proven themselves more than Obi had the opportunity to, um, you could get stars back if you move them. That's that's just how I see it. I like that. I like that. All right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. So then, so you know, kind of as we as we kind of start to 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 wrap up, some things that I some things that I always like to ask is like, um, how what would you what grade would you give this offseason so far that that the Knicks have? If you had to give a grade, A, B, C, D, F, what would you give that? Incomplete. I I, I really. Like, I swear I'm not giving out a grade yet because I'm like, I pay attention. They are loading up. You know, it's like they haven't taken the shot yet. You know, like they're, they're like, all right, the ball's coming. The ball's in their hands. They're like, am I going to shoot this? Am I going to pass? I don't know, but it's incomplete. Uh, I really believe that. When I looked at it, I would go, there's no way they're going to go. Let's say they start the season with these position wars. They are not going past the trade deadline with this roster. It's not happening. So I'm, I'm going to go, you know, if it was a grade, I'd be like, oh, a B minus because it's incomplete. So you got to finish the report before I give you an A. Um, but I think if they landed, you know, a possible star, it's an A plus. And I think they have all the pieces to do it. I like that. I like that. And, and if, if they do land that star, it definitely is going to be a plus because a lot of the times you, you in the in the NBA, especially like uh, front office, it's all about just pulling the pulling that shot or pulling the move at the right time. And if the Knicks can wait it out, because I mean that like like how you said, they have the assets right now to go and start calling all these GMs and pulling off all these trades. But it's maybe it's just not the right time. So I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. And then the last uh, last question now, you know, we always like to ask for these offseason plans is, Chris, like as a Knicks fan, could you give us a word or, or a phrase to describe about how you felt about last season, like during last season, and then a word or a phrase to describe about how you feeling about 
at being a Knicks fan coming into this new season? Hopeful. Um, and it's been a long time. I, I think when the Knicks moved on from Mike Woodson, I just started throwing down. I'm like, oh, here we go again. This is trash. This team's going to be trash. And it was like, it's like a decade of it. And so when you ask me about Thibodeau, I'm like hopeful. Jalen Brunson, hopeful. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, hopeful. Manuel Quickly. Like there, I just see growth and potential everywhere. Uh, draft picks. I'm like, well, we don't need all those. Jericho Sims hadn't mentioned him, and I love him. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him in person, but he's yeah. like just jacked and strong and finishes around the rim. I'm like, yeah, you know, if you make the Embiid trade and he's still there, he's a great, <laughs> great backup, right? And he'll challenge Mitchell Robinson for minutes. Now. Like, I just everywhere I look on his team, I go hopeful. And I even felt that way about. Obi Toppin. So I'm not like some overly optimistic guy about these teams, but I think right now I'm like, man, the last time I felt like this, I'm like, wait till you see Amari and Carmelo together. And they kept getting hurt. Like, right. So it's like, it's been that long. It really has. I mean, it's like J.R. Smith, Amari, Carmelo, yeah, this team could do it. Yeah, that long ago. Oh, man, y'all heard it here, man. My guy Chris is feeling hopeful, and I'm sure a lot of the Knicks fans with this roster and where they where they are right now are feeling uh, are, are are right there with you, my brother. I'm sure they're 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 also feeling hopeful. Um, but before we sign off, my brother, do you have any last words that you want to say uh, to Knicks Nation, to the family out there, to the people? You know, it's been a long time coming. Still remember John Starks dunking on Michael Jordan with the left, right? And battling in the NBA finals before you were born, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think our time is coming again. And I'm hopeful. And the reason I'm most hopeful is I was hanging out with my chiropractor a few weeks ago. And he faced Tom Patrick Ewing. And I knew in that moment that that was the sign that something positive is coming. For my Knicks, it's in the universe, and it's about to happen. Oh, man, I love that, Chris. I really love that. And you know what? One thing I will say is whenever Knicks are, are rocking, whenever they're good, the basketball world is on fire. So I'm 100% right there with you, man. Even, if, even though I'm not a Knicks fan, I want to see the Knicks do good. I want to see the NBA going crazy. Bing bong, baby. Bing bong. <laughs> Bing bong. That's exactly how we'll go ahead and end out this show, man. For the family out there, like I mentioned, make sure you stay up to date with everything Chris has got going on. Like I said, he is the host of NBA TV. He's got a lot going on, but I'm going to link his YouTube channel, social medias, everything in the description down below. Definitely get at my guy. Um, just want to give you one more thank you for coming on, my brother, and um, we will uh, we'll stay in tune. But let's see what happens with the Knicks here as we move forward. Yeah, hashtag Nick's tape. <laughs> All right. We out of here, y'all. Peace.